This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with two full-blown kids. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, keep that good news to yourself. Plus, Biz tells it like it is. Teresa isn't going to pack a snack. And we talk to trans and queer artist Noah Greeny, illustrator of Teresa's new book, It Feels Good to Be Yourself. Woo! This is a very exciting show because we're going to talk to Noah and Teresa about Teresa's new book. Which is out now. It's out now. It's out, you guys. You should go right now to wherever books are sold, be it in a brick-and-mortar store (laughs) or an online hub where books are sent magically and pick up It Feels Good to Be Yourself, which is the nicest book ever. (laughs) We're going to talk more about it at the end of the show. But before that, I'd like to hear how one of the nicest people I know ever is doing. Great. Um, That's it then. I'm going to, (laughs) my intro is not going to be that nice because I'm going to complain about something totally unrelated to my book. Yes. Which is that I alluded to this recently, but I'm so tired of packing snacks like on the weekends for Mm. my kids when we go do stuff. I'm fine with like after school, I bring like a little something for Oscar and Curtis. There's like certain times during the week where I know somebody's going to need a snack. We're going to an appointment right after something, whatever. Right. The weekend is like a different thing because we're home mostly all weekend. And if we go somewhere, it's either for just the morning or just the afternoon or we're going to be having lunch right. while we're out. So one way or another, I'm doing three meals that day. Mm. Plus, like, at home, there's probably more snacking happening. Yes. There's two problems here, okay? The first one is, <laughs> the first one is I'm, like, irritated that snacks are theoretically necessary and that right. I'm, like, expected by the world to pack snacks for them. Yeah. Because I feel like I provide enough food throughout the day <laughs> that it's, like, if they're hungry, it's, like, really? Are okay. they really hungry? Like, I really, I don't really buy it 100%. And if they are, it's, like, just wait for lunch. Like, it's not that far away. Do you know okay, what I mean? Okay, sure. And and secondly, because there's three of them, mm. which I understand, I don't have the most kids of all people on the planet. Three is still a lot. But it's like. It's a, I think they, it's a lot. And they all want something different. Yeah. They just yeah. do. They all want something different, except for the thing that they definitely want if they see their sibling having it. Then they also want that. Correct. Like, there's just this weird, it's so complicated to pack snacks for them now. <laughs> You know, so I don't. So I hate it. Okay, and I don't want to do it anymore. But that makes me a bad parent. Oh yeah, you're a horrible. If parent. I go out in the world with my yeah. kids and I don't have three water bottles, yeah, three, three, three because oh, my yeah. doctor shamed me for <gasps> saying that I we share a water bottle. She shamed me. Oh, shamed me. So three water bottles is what is expected. Yep. For each kid. Plus, plus if I want water, I'm not allowed to share with them. So I need my own water. Okay. And then I need three different snacks for each kid. And then we're going to lunch, like, right after. Yeah. Yeah. You're a horrible person. It's... I'm so over (laughs) it. (laughs) You're going to need... You're going to need one of them folding wagons. Yeah. You're just going to carry that to, like, even the simplest of places. Yeah. And it's just full of snacks. 
And, and if I bring them, they won't want them. them. No, they won't they eat them. They won't want them. Nope. They only want them when they're not there. That's right. Huzzah! <laughs> you could just like litter the floor of your car with like you could make your the floor of your car an actual snack mix. Yes. Where you just dump I like just dump, it's a trough. Just, it's a trough. Yes. And they can trough. just scoop it with their toes. With their foot. They scoop and it with their toes. Hurl it into their, into their mouth. Yes. Yeah. Or I could just give them I could set some cups like they do in the bulk bins. Yeah. The scooping cups. Yes. And they can just scoop something if You've they want to. Solved your own something. problem. <laughs> Yum. <laughs> You're doing a great job. How are you, Biz? I'm fine. I'm going to talk about something that no one's asked me to talk about. Okay. So um, <laughs> we spent a whole show on who's that vacuum for right. uh, from the Target Circular yes. in which everybody had a Christmas present and one of them was a vacuum. Right. And we played the game, who's that who's vacuum, vacuum for? for? Yeah. Sorry, dads. We're not going to spend a whole show on this because we are not dads. But... The Target Circular this week uh-huh. had a fold-out yes. for Father's Day's coming. Yes. And the story that Father's Day gifts told was beer, okay. toaster, <laughs> toaster oven, uh-huh. coffee maker, okay. and maybe there was like a tool or something. A lot of glasses, beer glasses. Okay. And I thought, I looked at it, and I was like, <laughs> this suggests... Someone's marriage may be ending soon. Like this, it looks like all the stuff like that they need when they're on their own and their bachelor pad. You either either they still don't know how to do fucking anything, dads. All you can do is toast it two ways in a toaster or in a toaster oven, and your coffee machine is like designed for an idiot. Mm-hmm. And beer, don't forget beer. Yep. Dads love beer. Dads love beer. Where's the soap on the rope? Where are the classics? Right. Anyway, I just wanted to make sure we all knew that the world can be equally insulting to dads. Great. So, yay, dads. But Father's Day is a time to celebrate and gifts, Mm -hmm. time to celebrate. Just something special just for you, which I think ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today, which is maybe you shouldn't share that good news. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. I have discovered I'm doing a thing with my children. Mm-hmm. For a while, I wondered if I was the only one. And then I heard you do it to your kids yeah. one day. And I was like, oh, this is a thing. Yeah. I am constantly telling, and it's usually the older, uh-huh. it's usually Katie Bell, but it can also be Ellis. I am telling her not to share exciting mm. news yeah. yes. with her brother. Yes. Because I don't want to deal with the fallout. Right. Like, for example, if she gets, she goes to a party mm-hmm. and she comes home with a goodie bag. Right. These are great. Just don't go in and be like, hey, look what I got in my goodie bag. Just right. let it like blend naturally yeah. into your surroundings. Yeah. Right. Like, and hold it next to your body. Yeah. And just Down don't. Low, like, yeah. Below. She comes home with a shit ton of candy. <laughs> just, I know you want to come in and be yeah. like, oh, look at everything I got. Yeah. But don't. Yeah. Because you know your brother's going to ask yeah. for it. Yeah. You know. 
You know they are. And then I'm going to have to be like, no, or I'm going to have to have you guys have a sharing conversation, which no one wants to have. And I respect you not wanting to share your stuff. But if you don't want to share your stuff, Uh don't tell anybody that you have it. Right. And this feels weird. Yep. And some of it, I am sure ties into the fact that, like, I know developmentally Ellis can't suss this out yet. Yeah. I mean, he can on some level. So, I mean, because yeah. listen, whenever I tell Katie Bell not to do that, she just marches right in oh, that yeah. door and it's like, look it's, at these. I have not been yeah. able to. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, that's yeah. that's where we are. Uh-huh. So, I guess my question is, is this a thing? And how badly are we fucking people up? Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a thing. You, I think it goes, what? Because I was going to say, yeah. what made me realize this okay. was like an everything was you had posted on Instagram uh-huh. this picture of a pig art. Oh, yeah. And right. uh, that, that Oscar, Oscar had brought home. Yeah. And you were like, don't tell, don't say out loud that that's a marshmallow. Yeah. Because so they, the the they painted the marshmallow yeah. pink. Yeah. And stuck that on the fa- on this paper face yeah. of a pig. Of a pig. Yeah. It's a very clever yeah. idea. And you said, I actually, in that no, case, I hadn't. actually hadn't because right. I didn't even know it was a marshmallow. Yeah. It really didn't look, it was just, some pig art that yeah. he home. And what he did was he announced immediately yeah. to Curtis, this is a marshmallow. He pointed to it and said marshmallow. And guess yeah. what, guys? My two-year-old knows exactly what a marshmallow yeah. is. Yeah. How he do you think you get that two-year-old that in word. and out of a car? Exactly. He knows that word. <laughs> and so as soon as he said it, I turned and I looked at Oscar and I was like, don't. I was like, okay, now we have to put that up high. Yeah. Because he's totally going to try to eat that. Yeah. And then I got distracted because we had just walked in the door from school and I was doing other things. And literally the second (laughs) I look back, there is a gigantic (laughs) bite taken out of that pig nose that painted. Yeah, painted pig nose. And Curtis is chewing with this kind of odd look on his face. Because guess what? Probably does not taste very good. Not a good marshmallow. Definitely a painted. Yeah. Painted with paint. Yeah. Marshmallow. And touched by a thousand oh, hands. Yeah. Well, and touched by Oscar's hand probably just over and over and over and yeah, over and sure. over and over and over. Sure. And Oscar's crying. Yeah, because. He's crying. His nose has been eaten. Yeah. And it, his art has been completely yeah. ruined. If you guys want to see this, you should be on the One Bad Mother's, Mother's. <laughs> Instagram. It's it's at One Bad Mother's on Instagram. It was like two weeks ago or something that it I posted It is one of my favorite things. But yes. Yeah, so, and then, and then I was so mad because Oscar's crying and he's throwing a fit. Yeah. And I unfairly yes, say it. was mad yes. because I was like, if you didn't tell him yeah. that this was a marshmallow, this <laughs> never would have happened. <laughs> but that's totally unfair. It but is. That's, but that kind of stuff happens all the time. And the other one that comes up constantly for me is Oscar and Gracie can now chew gum and they're mm-hmm. very into gum. And yeah. so gum is like a special treat that I can give them when I have nothing else right. to give. When oh. I haven't packed gum. a snack. Gum is the perfect <laughs> snack. <laughs> I have not packed a snack and they need something yeah. and they're whining and complaining. But if I, I try, I've tried so many times to, because Curtis is too young for it. So yeah. I pass it to Oscar and I'm like, just don't make don't. Like, like I literally just try yeah. to make, look at him. Gracie's getting better at this now yeah. where I can like slip her something and she, <laughs> the time will not make a thing about it because she's like getting there but oscar cannot and i'm like no just it's just and he and he's like huh and he's like gum gum i got some gum and then if he doesn't get a 
rise out of his siblings, yeah. he will continue to do that oh, yeah. until someone's upset. Like he <laughs> he is like doing it. He's not doing yeah. it because he just can't control his excitement. No, he's, he's doing it because he needs to upset them. Yeah. He's yeah. He, that he is what he's it. going for. Oh, middle child. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, but okay. So it's not even just good news. It's really anything. It's anything it's good. Anything good. Yeah. It could be like like some I don't shop for them at the same time lots of times because uh-huh. that would be a fucking nightmare. You mean like clothing? Like clothing, oh, uh-huh. for example. <laughs> for food. <laughs> for, I no, I was yeah, like, just separate you get food this week. Yeah. But like, like <laughs> and then I'm like, just don't, don't, just don't show yeah. your brother or yeah. don't make a big deal yeah. about it. Right. And Again, does it always go that direction? Usually goes okay. well because like Katie Bell again, she she's nine. Care what Ellis got? Usually, she, right? or she'll or... be like, "When will I get set?" I mean, oh, she's uh-huh. more on the like, "I understand that this somehow should be manipulated okay. into my favor, yes. and so I'm just gonna yeah stand around and wait for yeah. it to drop, yeah, right." But like, <laughs> but with her, in general expectations are screwed up because I think this ties into expectations on some level because I think kids are like you got something so I should get something yeah right like that that's my expectation of this scenario yeah and I was talking to Stefan and I was like does this go like other ways do we like or the thing do I ever say like don't say that in front of the kids yeah right and he's like yes we had for a brief shining moment had gotten ahead of the game and had gotten the like reserved passes to go to Star Wars land opening at Disney. It's like you yeah. had to like, you got like a time slot. Yeah. And you register for the time slot. Yeah. And I got him. And I was like, yes. And he, and we both are like, don't let's say don't say anything. Yeah. yeah. And then like a week later, he realized we had to have our passes weren't going to work. Like our regular season oh, pass yeah. holders weren't going to work. Yeah. So we would have had to have bought tickets yeah. which we didn't want to do yeah so we let that <gasps> so reservation really go yeah. yeah but like we've discovered yeah. that like if we tell them about anything yeah. too early yeah expectations can get really skewed out and out of yeah. whack but like with katie bell we've learned that if we tell her something too late right that is equally upsetting it is yeah and so Sometimes yeah. you have to be like, I'm telling you this now. Yeah. Is this exciting? Are you going to be okay with this? Yeah. Good. Now don't tell your brother because yeah. we don't want him to know until yeah. like a little sit. Right? Yes. Like dashing a child's expectations yes. is really something I don't like doing. Yeah. Which leads to the question of, does that mean I should be doing it more to yeah. toughen them up? Yeah, or not even to toughen them. So I just this I can't I have to say yeah. this just reminds me so much of earlier this year in February we visited uh, my sister and her family around the time of Curtis's second birthday, which is two days before my niece's third birthday. Right, and so we decided to have a little joint, just very small family birthday party for the two of them. And we were there the day before, and I said to my sister, "Does does she know like what's happening tomorrow?" And she goes, "We don't speak of the future." And literally, <laughs> it was the day before wow. her birthday party. Wow, and they hadn't told her because they just for yeah. this very reason. Yeah. So and oh, I was genius. like, and I was like, yes. And then she. The next morning, she was all dressed in her outfit, and she was all excited and had, like, the best party, and it was great. And I was like, yeah, you guys clearly are doing an amazing job. However, this goes back to, 
I don't know if you remember, like, maybe a year ago, mm-hmm. I was talking about Oscar in the morning. Yeah. And how he couldn't tolerate waiting for his juice or something oh, every yeah, morning. Yeah, it was like yeah, he would yeah. throw a fit waiting for the juice. And at some point, it clicked in my mind that every time he waits for juice so long that it drives him crazy. Yeah. He's learning more and more mm. how long it takes to get juice in the morning. Right. And eventually, he's just going to learn how long it takes to get juice. Yeah. And he's going to get better and better <laughs> at waiting for juice. <laughs> and, like, I actually totally stand behind that. Yeah. And I think that it applies here. Like, I do, too. I do think we need to, we need to like, save our own lives in some sense yes. on the one hand. But we also need to choose times to let our kids tolerate discomfort. Tolerating discomfort yes. is like one of the top things about being human. Yeah. Being able to to- tolerate discomfort. Like we all do it. We all have yeah. to do it. It sucks. Yeah. But like get, being good at that, not needing skill. instant gratification is so important. I know. Especially now. Yeah. And the other good lesson that this can teach them is that we do, in fact, love one of them more than the other. <laughs> One Bad Mother is supported in part by Care.com, the easy and reliable way to find care for everyone in the family when and where you need it. Teresa and I both have premium memberships with Care.com. Care.com is the world's largest digital marketplace for finding and managing family care, whatever your family looks like. You can find care for everyone through Care.com. Whether you need childcare, whether you need housekeepers, dog walkers, tutors, errand runners, and senior care, because guess what, parents? You're juggling more than just kids, I bet. (laughs) (laughs) To save 30% off a Care.com premium membership, visit care.com slash mother when you subscribe. That's care.com slash mother for 30% off a premium membership. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. So one of my least favorite things to do is pack lunches the night before school. (laughs) Um, I can't do it the morning of school because it takes too long. And... I always do it like late. Like it's like the last thing I do pretty much before bed, which is just the worst. But recently I figured out that at least one day a week on Sundays, I can make lunches whenever I damn please because I have all day and I can just it's fine. It's just like a few extra hours for it to be in the lunchbox. It's completely fine. And it's just like a nice little 
treat that it's I can do it like while yeah. the kids are playing or whatever right. while I'm do while I would be doing other household chores yeah get it out of the way and then at night it's just like a little treat for myself that I don't have to make them that night and they're ready for school the next day you are doing a good job thank you we went to our local library this weekend on Saturday for the summer reading kickoff and I Okay, so we always sign Ellis and Katie Bell up for summer reading programs. Uh-huh. And if you are not familiar with these, pretty much every library with the children's department will have a summer reading program of some kind. And you're either tracking how many books you read or like every time you walk into the library accounts, you know, like yeah. surrounding reading and making reading fun. And they give out prizes and they usually have activities which have gotten us through many summers. Mm-hmm. It's the magician. It's the balloon guy. And when you sign up, that helps your library get, like, funding and stuff. Oh, cool. Like, that shows participation. How, yeah, participation. Yeah. And this year, I signed up myself. They have an adult <gasps> summer reading program. That's cool. And you get a free book when you sign up. Aww. And I got some super deeply disturbing, you know, Swedish murder oh, mystery. Because I haven't read one of those in a long time. Yeah. And I'm like, I think I might be ready for a little murder summer. Not a cute, cozy murder like normal. But I just was like... <laughs> Oh, maybe this will actually motivate me to read this summer if I'm yeah. filling out my little galaxies because oh, it's yeah. a space-themed activity. What prizes will I get throughout the summer? Anyway, I just love libraries so much, and I love our library so much, and it was really fun to do. I was like, this is a genius. That's great. Yeah. Good I job. Felt good. This is a genius. I've been waiting for a genius. I finally have a genius. So my daughter has developed a just severe anxiety with uh, severe weather. So even if she hears like a tiny rumble of thunder, she just freaks out and uh, just just super distraught. So I asked her today if it would be helpful if she could have a way to tell me that she was getting too anxious and scared no matter where we were. So I just took my tile tracker off of my keys, which is probably a future fail, And I put together some costume jewelry that I had and made a cute necklace out of it. So no matter where she is, if she's at grandma's house or the neighbor's house or she can't find me, all she has to do is hold that down and it will call my phone. So I know I need to either come and get her and comfort her or call her and make sure she's okay. And she's ecstatic and she's wearing it and happy. And so we can get through Texas tornado season um, hopefully with a few tears. And I feel like a genius for it because I basically made a four-year-old a life alert necklace. And she's so happy. So I'm happy I can help her a little bit through this. So thanks so much for listening. You guys are doing a great job. And today I am too. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. You are doing a good job every day. Yeah. I love that idea. The little tile chip that helps yeah. you know, like, find your phone or whatever. Yeah. I think that is the nicest thing. It's really nice. Especially when you live in, like, an area where there are repeated tornadoes or other forms of severe weather. Yeah. Good job. Such a good job. Failures. Fail me, Teresa. Fail. 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 You suck. I have so many fails to choose from this week. Woo! Um, okay, how about this one? <laughs> uh, so we were swimming over the weekend, and I like didn't have my kid sunscreen or baby sunscreen mm. with me, and I just grabbed some like really not 
not natural, like just like the really harsh, yeah. like whatever it is, drugstore brand sunscreen. <laughs> the it, poison one. The poison one. <laughs> and I just grabbed it and like smeared it all over Curtis's head and face because I was like, well, better better something than nothing. Sure. And just for one day, it's not going to like give him cancer. Hopefully. <laughs> so, but then we're swimming and at a certain point he just starts acting weird and like his eyes were, he's fine, guys, okay. don't worry. Biz got a really worried <laughs> look. Got like a crazy He face. just looked, he looked uncomfortable and I couldn't figure it out and he was like squinting a lot and stuff and he kept like getting out of the pool and getting back in the pool and getting out of the pool and getting back in the pool and I was like, dude, what's going on? And I was like, look at me, look at me and you could see that his eyes were kind of like tearing yeah. up and stuff and I was like, Oh my gosh, the sunscreen's getting into your eyes. It was like his because his whole head yeah. got wet. So like the water was like washing the sunscreen oh, into his eyes. That's... And he was like tolerating yeah. it pretty well, but you could just tell he was really uncomfortable. So I was like doing my best to like wash his eyes. Well then <laughs> cut to later that day. I had had the same sunscreen on me. It's just that my head and face weren't wet. In yeah. The pool. <laughs> And, like, something happened and I rubbed my eye. I was just, like, sitting yeah. at home and I rubbed my eye and I got some of that sunscreen in my eye. And it was so pain. Like, I was like, oh, this can't be. Well, some tears will come and, yeah. like, help calm it down. It was so bad and couldn't. it wouldn't go away for the longest time that I was oh. like, oh, my God, this hurts so bad. I had to, like, run to the bathroom <laughs> and wash my whole oh. face and, like, clean my eyes out and stuff. And all, of course, I was fine. Yeah. But all I was thinking about was, like, wow. This yeah. is what my two-year-old was dealing with today when we were supposedly having fun at the pool. <laughs> Wee! Oh, I'm so sorry. That's horrible. So I, as a result of some recent dental work that took much longer and is still, Ugh. still recovering from, I have a very limited diet. And by limited, I mean if I can't swallow it like a snake or it's very, very small, I eat it on one side, I'm not eating it. So I had made, you know, getting creative. Yeah. I had made this sort of like, you know, black bean corn. Basically, it was like a taco salad, except uh -huh. without the shells or anything hard in it, you know, on rice. And I ate it, and that was fine. Okay. And then the next day, I was like, oh, I'll, I'll have some for lunch. That was, that was fine. The next day, I had a little more for lunch thinking... I wonder if we've passed the yeah. time when this is okay. Yeah. But I'm really hungry. I don't have anything else to yeah. eat, and I just need a little something. Well, we had passed the time. Oh. And I'm very happy I didn't give this to anybody else in my family on that third day. Uh -huh. But I was definitely late picking up my children. Oh, my God, because you were ill? My stomach got so oh screwed up. Oh, my God. I'm it so, was so sorry. That's so up. unfair. It was unfair. It's so unfair. And I was just like, I know better than this, and yeah. I should have other things in this house. Three the days sun. feels, like, reasonable, though. Yeah, but, I, but the meat had been in the house, uh, like, two before I cooked it. Okay. You know, so like, sorry. just poor decision-making. All right. Yeah. Well, you suck. I do. Hi, One Bad Mother. This is a fail. Uh, it's part me and part my husband. Um, so in, it's now the end of April, so it's or the middle of April, so it's starting to get really beautiful out, and the weather is great, and so we're playing with our almost one-year-old daughter outside a lot, and she is, for the first time, like exploring grass and leaves, and we think this is great as long as she doesn't eat them. So I came home today and saw my husband and daughter playing outside on our deck, and I went out and joined them and she was picking up leaves that were on the deck and 
looking at them and slapping them around, and it was great until I realized she was also picking up uh, seeds. And then I remembered that there had been a bird that in the fall had flown into a window in our house and had fallen on the deck and had um, had died on the deck. And at the time I thought, okay, we need to remember to clean that up before we use the deck in the spring. And as my daughter is picking up little things that are not leaves, but are seeds and other things from the contents of the dead bird's guts, I'm realizing what she is doing. And immediately I grabbed her and got them out of her hand and went in and washed her hands thoroughly. But my husband was playing with her out there for a while, and it's very possible she had been playing with dead bird guts for a very long time. So my fail that I hadn't cleaned up the dead bird in the fall like I knew I should, and um, my husband's fail for letting our daughter play with dead bird guts. Oh, my That's God. That's it. Thanks. So Bye. It's really gross. I am sure it just was fine yeah. because the ice from winter froze all froze all things but on the plus side your daughter is probably going to grow up to be whatever those scientists are that study birds (laughs) she's gonna be extra smart because of this (laughs) you're doing a horrible job remembering to take care of dead things in the world ah you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Michelin. Remember, tires are important. <laughs> You guys, if you drive anywhere with your kids, (laughs) you have all had the experience that I have, which is that you're driving along and everything's going fine and your kids are in the car and you're taking everything for granted. And then you have to suddenly (laughs) slam on your brakes for some reason, um, which can be kind of terrifying. But, you know, having great tires does give you that feeling that things will be okay. So the type of tires that you have actually make a difference. Because the average family will stop some 90,000 times throughout the life of a tire, Michelin promises to perform across every diaper run, pickup, drop-off, and road trip. It's one of the world's leading tire manufacturers. So next time you're looking for new tires for the family car, consider Michelin. Michelin, performance every time. Hey, Teresa, let's call someone today. Teresa. Yes. Today we are calling Noah Greenie, who is a trans and queer artist from Atlanta, Georgia, and is the illustrator of Teresa's new children's book, It Feels Good to Be Yourself. They work mainly in ink and watercolor, focusing on themes of fluidity, body positivity, mental health, trauma, and resilience. Their art is a reminder to heal, a call to action, and above all, an unapologetic celebration of trans and queer love. Welcome to the show, Noah! Hi, I'm so happy to be here. We are so happy to have you here. And I want to just first start with the question we ask all of our guests, which is, 
who lives in your house? Well, um, I don't have a house because I'm 22, but I'm currently <laughs> living in my aunt's house in Bassano del Grappa, Italy. That is amazing. Yeah. Can we, can we all come? <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone should come over and just have a party right here in Italy right now. Yes. 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 I think we will. We, I think we will. We'll see you in a few hours. Let me just arrange child, child care. care really quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Call a babysitter. That's right. Uh, all right. Now I'm going to ask you a very important question, which is I am holding in my hand this book written by Teresa and illustrated by you. And it is gorgeous. It is, it is ah. so beautiful. And I, we're going to talk more about that in a second. But I want to just, I mean, when did you start making art? I'm, I'm so glad you like the book. And that's a hard question to answer because I really can't remember a time when I wasn't making art. Right. And I think just like as like someone who's always been quiet and awkward, drawing was something that I was able to focus on and sort of retreat from social situations. And my parents were always very encouraging. I mean, like, they've shown me pictures of me, like, at age five, drawing little, like, comics for them. And they were really silly. But I think just as I got older and continued to practice, um, art just became my thing. But the age that I really started taking art seriously, which I guess is an easier question, the answer mm. would be probably mm. about 13, which is also um, about the same time that I started to figure out that I was trans. And I think for me, a lot of my early art had to do with processing those feelings and finding a way to express them. Would you be willing to talk a little bit about that experience and process for you? Yeah. So I'm from Georgia, as you mentioned, I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> and just like, <laughs> just um, growing up in the South, I didn't really know words like transgender or non-binary at a young age. I didn't know what any of that was. So I just, all I knew was that I felt uncomfortable in a, a body which was assigned female when I felt like I should be not necessarily a boy, but I always felt that I identified as more masculine. And now that I'm older, I know that what I'm experiencing was dysphoria. But at the time, I just felt this like really painful dissonance between who I was and who other people expected me to be. And I didn't have any words to express that. So um, so what I did was I expressed it with images. And I think for me, art was a way for me to process this thing that I just didn't know how to explain. I think that's actually amazing. And I think we'll tie in really nicely as we get into the work that you've done on this book. But I want to ask Teresa real quick a question about what led you, Teresa, to, I mean, I I know that you have a transgender child, so mm -hmm. I, I can put two and two together. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I'd like to talk about wanting to write this book. So because I want to ask you about your experience and then tie that into the illustrations. So. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, listeners to this show already know that I have a trans daughter. And I think part of why I wanted to write the book and also part of why I think Noah was such just the perfect person to illustrate this book was that when my daughter, Gracie, was sort of starting to talk about 
her feelings around her gender and we were starting to talk about socially transitioning, children's picture books were a really important part of that process for our family. There were already um, a handful of really excellent picture books that really helped us a lot in that process. But one thing that really was a hang-up for me around the books that we had found at that time. And there's even more now. There's so, there's so many great books now. Um, Good. Yeah, even just like a, a couple of years later, there's, yeah. there's even That's more books. Um, but at the time, I had a really hard time with this sense I felt the books were giving to not just Gracie, my daughter, who's trans, but also to my, my cisgender son, just this sort of sense that like these books were about one kid who is different. Right. And they're different in this one specific way. They people thought they were a boy, but they're actually a girl. Right. Um, the the rest, yeah. <laughs> the re- and it is, I mean, that is that's an important yes. leap. Those books all are doing a good job right. for the world <laughs> because there are a lot of people in the world who don't understand that concept either. So that. That is important, but it it's so simplified. Yeah. And it's so um, it still is sort of confining, I feel, especially because, you know, my my daughter who's trans, like there were and are lots of things about her that don't fit into the binary as such as we see it typically in our culture, you know, just where her interests are and the kind of toys she chooses to play with and just how she expresses herself. So I didn't see any books that really just looked at gender diversity in Mm -hmm. general and really explored the way that all kids have their own sense of their own gender in this way that is actually really beautiful. And all humans have, you know, we all have our own unique sense of our gender. And thinking about gender, I think, is such a kind of an important way of getting to know ourselves and getting to know who we are and how we want to feel in the world and how we feel inside and how we want to be perceived by the world, I think is such an important part of just becoming ourselves. And um, I think that's true for everyone, not just for trans kids. I think it's true for all kids (laughs) um, and all people. And so I guess like I wanted a book that explored the idea of gender diversity and also, I just, in so doing, I think the idea is that when we're more focused on who each of us are in the world, then we're less focused on one person being different. Oh, my God. I was literally typing as you were talking. I was like, I, I have a follow-up question, like follow-up thing. And that is, yes, the more we talk about, we treat all of it as a normal discussion, Yeah, then... It becomes super normal. Yes. As a, yeah, not focusing on just one yeah. makes you feel We're like... We're all different. We're all yeah. different. Yes. We're all different. Hooray! Yes. <laughs> all right. So now, Noah, to you, I guess I want to know how you got connected to this book. How did you get... I mean, I don't know how illustrators work in the <laughs> publishing world. I just know in some situations, it's like, here are your pictures. Hope you enjoy it. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you get to actually help decide who's going to draw. Blah, blah, blah. So I want to know how you got connected to this work. So I just went on this whole tangent about how I was like traumatized and making like emo artwork. But I also <laughs> went to art school. And, and I also have a website, which is my online portfolio. And 
you know, like later in my life when I like when I became more organized. So um, <laughs> Teresa's editor, Kate, reached out to me through my website and told me that she liked my artwork and that she had a manuscript, which she felt would be a really good match for me. And I looked over the manuscript and I really liked it. And then Kate connected both of us, which is kind of a crazy process because we've never met in real life. But um, yeah, the internet is how I got connected to this job. And I had previously illustrated this therapy workbook called the Gender Identity Workbook for Kids, which was um, basically a psychiatry book, which is aimed at trans youth with the aim of sort of being like a activity book almost for your kid to process their dysphoria at a young age. So I was already involved in this realm of illustrating books for trans kids. But I was really excited when I heard about Teresa's book because I didn't really want to illustrate medical workbooks. I <laughs> really want to do children's books and I really want to I really want to be working in a field where my art is printed in color and where the the illustration is allowed to take up the whole page and where people really look at the pictures, which is what kids do when they read books. So I think it was just a perfect match that was made on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the future. Yeah. I got to tell you that what you just said about kids looking at the pictures yeah. is so important and so spot on and it actually leads me to what I wanted to ask next and I'm gonna I'll start with Teresa but this is for both of you and that is how collaborative were you guys because I mean I'm pretty sure in Teresa's manuscript or maybe I'm wrong you know did it say they're at the park and there's the most inclusive picture of people <laughs> like it's two dads it's you know like and there's kids in you know oh there's a wheelchair and there's double biking and there, I mean like this yeah. book is inclusive yeah. from an illustrating standpoint, well, from every standpoint. But I mean, it's great. And so how did you guys suss out what would be in some of the, I mean, some images are obvious. I can totally see why they're there. Others, I'm like, well, this is pretty sweeping. Who made these choices? So, Teresa, I'm going to ask you first. Yeah. Yeah. So this book is really our collaboration, yeah. Noah's and mine. This book was made a million times better thanks to Noah's, what Noah brought to this book. Um, really, Noah, I'm not just saying that because you're here right now. I mean, really, I <laughs> I, I, think I told you, like, I, I basically cried every time Noah sent more pictures <laughs> in because I couldn't believe how much Noah's illustrations they like spoke to the the text that I'd already written and they were everything that my text had in mind, but then they were more mm -hmm. and they were more in this way that was like, that felt inevitable, but that I could never have imagined myself like that. I couldn't have made that happen, but it, they were exactly right. So I'm first, I just want to start from that place of gratitude. Yeah. And then I just also want to say, just specifically, yeah, I just, as part of the text, I was prompted by my agent and our editor to leave some 
just some very simple art notes as part of the text. Yeah. So that whoever the illustrator would be, they would have some idea of what I was thinking about or what I was going for. And yeah, I think throughout that, I did say, like, I want this book to be for everyone. Lots of people can see themselves yeah. in these characters. Um, I wanted it to be really inclusive, but like Noah had the idea of like including making one of the characters in a wheelchair. And I yeah. was like, yes, oh, of yeah. course. Yeah, of course. So and <laughs> And more and more, too. Um, So much more. Yeah. So, Noah, tell me about your approach to this book. I think what originally attracted me to the manuscript was that it was so open-ended. And Teresa had really framed this book in a way which breaks down gender in accessible language, but doesn't try too hard to define gender. And it leaves so much open because gender as a concept, I I think is infinite and it's something that's constantly evolving as our society changes and it's something that can't really be like pinned down concretely. And the manuscript was the same way in being really open-ended with the illustrations. And Teresa made it clear that she wanted the images to be inclusive. And I mentioned in my bio that a lot of my art is about healing and community. And I think one of the most important ways that we as a queer and trans and allied community can heal from homophobia and transphobia is just by envisioning a future which is radically inclusive and which which shows queer and trans people of all shapes, sizes and colors, ability levels. And I think with other projects I've worked on in the past, I've sometimes felt a pressure to be inclusive, but not too inclusive, because there's this idea that like, oh, like people aren't ready for that yet. Or like, we have a trans kid, so they have to be quote unquote normal in every other way. And this book was the opposite of that. Like it really embraced intersectionality and it never sought out to create a token trans character or one child who's meant to represent the entire trans population because that's impossible. And what appealed to me so much about this manuscript is that it acknowledged that trans people are as diverse as people, period, and it aimed to show that diversity in its um, in its contents. Okay, first of all, I just want to say there was nothing terrifying or scary popping out of this book. I did not. I, I totally can hear publishers being like, mm, you can make it. You can show us, but don't show us too much. Right. Like, I, I get it. I get it. This fear of what's going to sell, what's going to cause, you know. But like, there's guess what? It's all in here and there's nothing scary. It's actually beautiful. And two, two, what I also really like is everybody, like regardless of the differences and the diversity and all the differences that are happening, there is all of this sameness when it comes to like family. Like the the sensation mm-hmm. of being it being totally normal and this is just your family like I really like at the beginning when you set up your you know your very first person Ruthie who is trans but then you go into her house and it's like well this is her brother and then you you get to meet all of Ruthie's friends and how they're all different and and are exploring their gender differently and I just there's something so comfortable about seeing inside their house that mm-hmm. I think is also really important. And it's like a normal 
Like, there's nothing like people aren't tiptoeing around. People aren't like, you know, like, it's just, it's just nice and normal and beautiful. And I was telling Teresa, I was like, I hope this doesn't sound insulting. But do you know how, like, there are kids books out there that just are teaching kids about, like, basic things they need to know? Like, these are animals that live on a farm. Isn't that normal? This is a horse. This is a cow, right? Like, this is, are you going to the doctor? These are things you're going to see in the doctor's office, right? Like, it's very much like that better written it's not like one word in a picture but like you know like it's this is what this gender is and this and maybe not maybe you're going to explore and there's so much good language which is so helpful I think to adults as we try to figure out how to be allies and that is so helpful and the illustrations support that in such a beautiful flowing supportive way. I just, I'm so glad the two of you guys found each other. And now enough about this beautiful book. I want you to share what you're currently working on. (laughs) Okay. Well, I haven't announced this anywhere, but I'm currently working on an autobiographical graphic novel called Cloudland, which is about my personal experience growing up in Georgia and transitioning there. And I'm really excited about it. I'm doing it with the same publisher that um, Teresa and I published It Feels Good to Be Yourself with. And this children's book is really what got me into the world of picture books and graphic novels. And I feel like this opportunity has led to this comic, which I'm working on. And yeah, I'm going to be working on it for the next two years. I can't really say much more about it. (laughs) But <laughs> that's my news. <laughs> I, so exciting. I'm so excited. So I excited. think it's so good. Yeah. And God help us if Teresa and I are still in this booth two yeah. years from now, you're going to have to come back on <laughs> and share it. And I know how important. I mean, I got a, I love graphic novels, but I got a nine year old who she like eats and breathes graphic novels. There is not like she, and I just think about how impactful a graphic novel about your experience will be. And especially to those of us who may not have had access to that growing up in the South. So that's just yet another voice showing us how normal. Yeah. I think everyone should eat and breathe graphic novels. Adults too. (laughs) I I do too. I do too. Yeah. and, And I've been in Europe for the past five months or so. And in Europe, adults read comics like there's not the same like. Yeah notion of like comics are for kids like oh you still read comics like what are you doing like no like everyone should read them i agree but i'm very biased <laughs> so i agree I me too i've got a stack of them next to my bed as we speak good noah thank you so much for joining us today and coming on i just think this collaboration between the two of you and this book is so wonderful and exciting and we will make sure that uh, obviously everybody will know how to get a copy of this book (laughs) as well as uh, to your website for your art I mean for your your drawings your online portfolio thank you so much and I hope you continue to have a really great time in Italy yes thank you so much for having me it is an absolute pleasure to be on your podcast 
Yeah, I'm I'm just super excited about this book coming out and our very first children's book being out in the world Yay. for children to read it and maybe adults too. Oh God, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. think this book is for adults. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like just passing them out. It's like, for everyone. It's really for everyone, guys. <laughs> it's for everyone. All right, thank you Thanks, so much, Noah. Noah. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye. I can't hear myself, but I'm assuming. These are real podcast listeners, not actors. Uh, Hey, thanks for coming. Here's a list of descriptors. What would you choose to describe the perfect podcast? I mean, vulgarity. Dumb. Definitely dumb. And like, uh, right here, this one, meritless. What if I told you there was a podcast that did have all of that? No. Jordan Jesse Go. And it's free. Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go. A real podcast. Hey, Max Fun listeners. Have you been listening to Max Fun for a while and you've just been wondering, where's the new Flat Earth podcast I keep hearing about? Well, here it is. We give you all the facts on NASA's lies and how we know that the Earth is actually flat. Just, Just kidding. kidding. <laughs> this is Ono, Ross, and Carrie, and we join fringe religious groups. We undergo alternative medical treatments. And we hang out with people like 9-11 truthers, flat earthers. We find out why do people believe strange things. We join them, and we tell you all about it. We have a lot of fun. We make a lot of friends. Yeah, we do. We joined the Mormons. We joined the Scientologists. We got acupunctured. We got fire cupped. We got ear candled. We've done it all, and we're going to keep doing it all. Why don't you check out Ono, Ross, and Carrie at MaximumFun.org? I love Noah. I know. Their illustrations of your book are so amazing. I know. I cannot, I cannot express enough, so I'll just keep saying it over and over again, (laughs) that everybody should get a copy of this book. It is so Great. I'm going to be shelling them out at the library. I'm taking them to my school and passing them out. Like, it is so good. And Noah is doing a wonderful job. And so are you, Teresa. I Thank am you, so Biz. proud of you. Thank you. I'm really proud of the book. Good. You know what I'm also proud of? Having a hotline that people call and rant about everything. What I like is sometimes they're not even ranting about parenting things. <laughs> Somebody called and was ranting about zipper merges on the freeways, and I was like, I love you. That hotline is there for you, people, to use yeah. however you want. Right now, we're going to listen to somebody using it to have a breakdown. Hi, One Bad Mother. This is a rant. I don't know where to start. Um... I have a two-year-old and a an 11-week-old baby, and we had company this morning, so I had to clean the house all day yesterday and all day this morning, and company came and company left, and my wife wanted to take the kids to the park, 
which we did, but when we got to the park, my two-year-old fell down the stairs leading up to the slide, and he's fine, but it was really scary, and I just keep seeing him over and over, you know, going head over feet, over head over feet, and he's only two. When we got home, I realized that I had left my purse at the park, so now I'm driving back to the park to get my purse, and my 11-week-old is at home crying and crying because she's hungry, but the milk that I pumped is in my purse, which is at the park, and my wife had a stroke and isn't physically able to do that much, so I have to leave her at home with both kids, and I don't know, this is just, it's really hard, and we have more people coming over this afternoon. Everybody wants to come over because my wife had a stroke and they want to see how she's doing and they want to meet the baby. And, you know, I understand that people are being supportive and I appreciate it, but it's a lot of work to have to clean the house every single week, every Friday. I I don't know. I just hope my purse is here. Uh, I hope when I get back, my two-year-old has not fallen out of his high chair because my wife can't lift him out when he's done with his sandwich, and I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I need a break. Something, I feel like something good should happen. I guess, you know, the baby is a really good thing, and that's probably the blessing that we're getting right now, but I uh, I don't know. Anyway, thank you for this hotline. I love when Ben Mother has gotten me through two pregnancies and two maternity leaves. And you're all doing a really great job. Okay. So are you. So are Holy you. Holy shit balls. Oh my fucking God. You are. Seriously? There were, Seriously. There were so many things she could have led with, guys. I know. That would have been enough. I mean, you couldn't put this in a order that would make like sense as to how fucking tired yeah. and like done you are. Right. And... <laughs> I'm sorry. She and I were giggling. Yes. Congratulations on an 11-week-year-old baby. Yeah. That is amazing. That is a blessing. That sure. is a blessing. In a way. Yes. It is not at the same time equal to a break. No. You know what I mean? Like when and you say, I need something yeah, good something to happen. Good to happen. Yeah. That, let's just separate those yeah, two that's things. That's not the that's kind of good, good thing right. that you're looking for to happen. Yes, it's good. It is good. It is not two days of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> so like. Yeah, or like an extra pair of hands. hands. To, yeah. I know. There, you have got, you are doing so amazing on so many levels. Yeah, you are. And. Uh, you're not asking for advice. Yeah. I apologize. I'm going to, you can just mute me, count to 10, and then unmute me. What can you get rid of? Yeah. What can you not be in charge of? What can you not be in charge of? Maybe not cleaning, cleaning up the house. For people. Yeah. People will understand when they yeah. come over. Okay? I mean, the thing is, is that we're not. Meant to do a two-year-old and 11-week-old yeah. alone. That yeah. as humans or as animals yeah. in the world, we're not meant to do. <laughs> that's like right. That that's not, like, that we're not meant to do that alone. And then to add to that, the idea that you have, you have people coming over. You have a community of people yeah. around, but they're not there 
to help you. Yeah. They're there to like see the baby and check on yeah. your wife. And like, yeah, I'm sure like, I'm not saying like your people are not helping you. <laughs> I'm just saying like this, I think we, we need to shift in our culture about mm-hmm. how we are thinking about like who's in charge of raising the kids because yeah. it, that is not a one person job. No like, one is going to you think can't, you're failing if your house yeah. is a mess with a yeah. two-year-old and an 11-week-old. Yes. In fact, they're going to think something's seriously wrong with you if your house <laughs> is super clean. <laughs> but, like, seriously, I I, yeah. I I officially agree. And, again, as friends of people with children yeah. or while you guys are trying to sort stuff out, We should be open communication. What do you need? I ought to be honest. I have no fucking idea. You know, okay, I can work with no idea. I'll give you some suggestions. And please know that I love you and I am happy to take your trash out. Or I am happy to wash these dishes. Or I'm going to just order pizza for you right now and it's yes. gonna show up yeah that's a lovely thing you can order people food all the fucking time and never have to show up at their house guys that's true you yeah. can just send people starbucks you these can. days yes so like how do we help and to be in a relate look i in my relationship there have been times where i have been unable to participate yeah because of illness or surgery, or whatever, for weird, long, extended periods of time, there is already enough stress that your partner has had a stroke. That is upsetting for you in general. Yes. Like, if you had no kids and nothing else, when a loved one goes through something, that's something we have to give ourselves time to process. Yeah, and you could deserve support around that in and of itself, let alone... right. Your partner also, I'm sure, yeah. is going through their own thing yep. as well about not being yep. able to be. I mean, yep. that's a lot in the house. Yes. And so you aren't alone. Yeah. You don't have to carry it alone. Yeah. You certainly don't have to clean your fucking house. Yeah. I just want to say that yeah. I also experienced recently and talked about it on the show a time where my two-year-old fell oh, and God. I watched them fell fall yeah. and even though I know that he's fine it still bothers me and yeah. I still think about it sometimes and especially when we go to that particular park I remember it happening and it's yeah. still very upsetting to me so I just want to also provide yes. some acknowledgement of that to you that that just sucks yeah. and is like the last thing you need right now and yes. it's okay it is a horrible thought process, and we have that, and there's nothing worse than watching your children yeah. get hurt. And then having that memory like yeah. replay in your mind for no reason. You are you are doing just such a remarkable job. You really are. You're amazing. You really are. You shouldn't have to be this amazing. No, that's right. You it should only have to be- that you have to be this amazing. A third this amazing. Yeah. At most. At Let's most. Let's cap it. At Let's a cap it at a third. You're like, yeah. <laughs> Teresa's right. You're doing too amazing. Yeah. You You're shouldn't have to be. So amazing. Yep. And I hope something good, something else good, something else good. happens yeah. soon too. To, for everybody. Yeah. Teresa, what did we learn today? We learned that expectations are hard. And the best way to handle expectations 
is to teach our children to lie to each other and to feel a weird shame about sharing their good news. It is so screwed up. Katie Bell, don't enjoy your thing in front of your brother because yeah. he's, ah. Oh. Yeah, don't worry. I spend plenty of time in therapy, guys, <laughs> peeling back the onion layers of where this could lead to in our society. But in all honesty, I think what we took away is that, yeah, you know what? Yeah, life sucks. We got to toughen the kids up sometimes. And maybe not getting a goodie bag while your sibling or a friend got a goodie bag is, is probably an easier way to do it <laughs> than other choices we might have. We also learned that Teresa and Noah have put together such a great book about gender identity in such a beautiful, inclusive, and simple way that it makes you think, why do I have to this far and be like, well, that was simple. <laughs> why, <laughs> like, why did I think this was going to be so complicated? Because it's not. And you guys lay it out in a way that makes it not scary and super nice. Not that it should be scary, but you know right, what I mean. Yeah. Like, I like to speak for... Yeah, yeah. The, the, those of us for who are for the masses. Sometimes things are scary. Ah! The unknown can be scary sometimes. It can, but that's why we go out yeah. and we ask and we read books and we yeah. find resources to help us know more. Yep. I love knowing. We also learn you can go to your library and learn lots of things. Yeah. Yay, libraries at summer. Guys, I want to say you can all go right now and get a copy of Teresa's book, multiple copies of Teresa's book. <laughs> you can also pick up the old One Bad Mother book to go with it. Yep. Why not get the bundle? Get the bundle! It is called It Feels Good to Be Yourself, a book about gender identity. And if you would like to, you can go to your library and request it. Yes. That's another option. That is a great option. Yeah. We also are about to learn two very exciting things. One... Lip sync battle. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Uh, it's done, you it's guys. It's done. It's on Facebook. It is and what it is. Group, and it You're is welcome. on the Instagram TV. And we are lip syncing. Yep. It's not so much of a battle as it is an opportunity to be judged yep. by the world. And I think Teresa's amazing performance, Like a Prayer, is a perfect way to launch the sales oh, of our new book, uh, which brings us to the real thing we want to learn today. You know, we're all complicated humans. We all have our different different parts of ourselves that show up at, in different times and different mm -hmm. contexts. Yeah, I just wanted to let folks know if you're in or near the Southern California area in June, we are going to be having a book launch party Saturday, June 22nd at 2.30 p.m. at Children's Book World in West L.A. So I'm really excited about that. Um, I'll be signing books and saying hello and reading the book. So if you're around, please come out and bring your children and whoever you want to bring. And I will look forward to seeing you there. Yay! Everybody, it's hard. Mm -hmm. Everybody's life is an onion that's yep. peeling. It's true. And makes you cry. Yes. <laughs> Whether you're leaving your purse at the park. God, I'm so sorry. Whether you have to realize that your children will get hurt and that fucking sucks. Whether you're, I mean, I, the list goes on, guys. Yeah. It goes on and on. It does. 
And yet you're showing up. You're really trying your best. And we see you. Uh, you're doing a really remarkable job. Teresa, you are doing a great job. Thank you, Biz. So are you. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.